The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 104. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a quick plug, I know this is Christmas week, but if you're looking for a perhaps belated Christmas present for your favorite Star Wars fan, you can get your own uh, Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt or give it away to your to your family members and friends. Um, you can get coffee mugs, stickers, magnets, all sorts of things, phone cases as well. Uh, that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. And you can check out all of those cool items at sqpn.com slash merch perfect post-Christmas gift for your favorite Star Wars fan in your life. Also, of course, just remember to please share the podcast on your favorite social media um, as it gets us seen by more people and leave us a review because that lets us know how we're doing. Plus, it allows us to be seen by more people. So we always want to hear what you guys are saying and, and get seen by more people who would be interested in hearing us talk Star Wars. So today we are going to be discussing the current state of Star Wars as we are preparing for an awesome season of uh, new shows coming out this next year. And we're going to talk about all the things that we're excited about going forward. So joining me tonight on the panel is first up the wandering Ronin himself, Thomas Sanherjo. It's great to be here. Second up is the Bendu, Angela Cialana. Yes, hello. Are you uh, feeling like you're in balance tonight or today? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're sort of imbalanced. There's, you know, three of three guys and one 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 of you <laughs> this evening. So, um, th uh, third and finally this evening, coming all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, our wonderful CEO uh, Dom Bettinelli, who we're calling Boss Mass at the moment. Misa, glad to be here. <laughs> that is the last time I will ever do. <laughs> no, Gungan. you've got to do it every time. Every time. Now. Oh, That's man. It now. I have to go. You started it. <laughs> What's great is no matter what, is that now is recorded forever. <laughs> so you can't, you can't get away from it. That's true. So it is awesome to have uh, Dom joining us this evening uh, since he doesn't get to join us very often. So we get to talk about all the cool, fun things about about Star Wars with him. And so we're going to start actually by by getting his uh, opinions of Star Wars vision. Since the rest of us have already done kind of our recap and review of all the episodes, we're going to get his hot minute take of uh, what he liked about Star Wars visions. Um, I, I'm very curious to know what your favorite episode is and your least favorite episode. 
and your your general impressions overall of the of the series. Okay. So up front, um, I I was not into anime, so I, I'm not a aficionado. Although I really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it, and especially from folks like Thomas who knows yeah. anime and getting yep. the inside scoop on on this stuff. So that actually increased my enjoyment of the of the season. Uh, I would say it's, it's a tough pick to, to pick my favorite. I'm kind of between the Elder and the Ninth Jedi because, you know, having Hopper as a Jedi, you, you know, David <laughs> Harbour is kind of cool because Hopper is yep. the best. Uh, you know, the Red Guardian as well. But uh, mm-hmm. but also, I, I like like you guys talked about in your episode discussion, uh, the Ninth Jedi is the story that feels like it's got the most potential to be more than that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of go between those. Although I have to also say I like really like Ronin, but uh, uh, the but the I think it's it might be the ninth Jedi for me. My least favorite, I I I just watched last night. I, I f- finally finished the season, and I watched Akakiri, and that was mm-hmm. kind of weird. <laughs> there were <laughs> things I liked about it, but it was kind of. Okay, uh, you know, so I sort of left, but the one that really left me cold, like I just had no feeling for it, was the twins. I, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. it just kind of happened, and I'm like, it, it was sort of a, it wasn't, I don't know, it's kind of hard to talk about it, but it's, it, it just sort of was there, and it didn't have a big impact on me. So that would be my least favorite, I think. It's kind of fun to get your pick, your take on it, because actually, Angela and, Th- and Thomas, I want you guys, if you uh, have your. Uh, top favorite least favorite uh kind of processing in your mind because i'd like to hear that too i'll go i'll go next because i i actually was kind of thinking about this too it's funny because my i would say my favorite oscillates between tatooine rhapsody and the twins (laughs) so (laughs) sort of opposite of you dom um and i guess the reason that i like the twins is because i love kind of the the twin um kind of bond um and and i'm i'm stemming from all the legends materials and stuff too with um the the twin relationships that that i've really yeah. grown to like so i i really do kind of like that um kind of one one light side one dark side kind of idea um and then tatooine rhapsody i'm just like i'm that that music is just kind of stuck in my my mind um <laughs> so but i i do share uh your opinions of akakiri that would be my least favorite so and so, yeah, so Thomas and Angela, I'd, I'd love to hear what, what you guys, uh, <laughs> overall, what you, what you loved, what you didn't. I'll go next. Um, so after, after having watched them all, I, I, I liked Akakiri. I just, just, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like it's like dropped off the bottom for everybody. <laughs> so I really liked Akakiri. I liked the feel of it. I liked the, the way it went, but it's not my favorite. My favorite was The Village Bride. By far and away, that one really just captured my attention it caught all of the anime feel for me and everything. So I really enjoyed that one. I think my least favorite was probably Toby, um, TOB one. I just, because, and and it's a tie really between that one and the twins, honestly, because <laughs> the twins is, the twins is weird, but I know what they were going for, for this like kill a kill feel, which is kind of, you know, a, a there's an everyday element to the sh- to the longer running shows, and then they go into the crazy stuff like that, where it's just kind of like wacky, and then there's regular stuff, and then it's wacky and regular stuff. So they were going for that, and all they could fit into it was the wacky, <laughs> and that's kind of where that one ended up. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say probably uh, Tob one, my least favorite. Well, I um, gosh, <laughs> you feel like you're putting me on the spot, which you are. 
<laughs> but um, I would say my least favorite, I'll start with that so that I can end on a good note, um, was T.O.B. 1, just because I felt like I couldn't really connect to it that much. Um, I definitely appreciate it, but yeah, just didn't resonate with me. Um, I would say probably my top is a tie between ninth, um, ninth Jedi. Is that? Am I ninth Jedi? Just so many words <laughs> in my brain right now. Um, ninth Jedi and Village Bride. Um, Village Bride. I really liked the spiritual element to it, mm-hmm. um, mm. the Force element that I felt was probably the strongest in that one versus any of the other ones. Um, so, of course, that's one of the reasons I love Star Wars. So I've got to go with uh, those two. But, you know, I uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, I just, that's the one that I want to have a t-shirt for. You know, <laughs> right. like, that's exactly. the fun one. Like, yeah. So nice. those are my my picks. Very good. Uh, so we are now going to venture into the realm of the unknown and talk about all the upcoming Star Wars projects that are in the works. And I was somewhat surprised as I was putting together this list. Um, I was mentioning this to Dom beforehand, but there is a lot coming. I mm-hmm. uh almost kind of took offense at all the people online saying that Marvel seems to be prioritizing, you know, all the Marvel <laughs> stuff or Disney is prioritizing Marvel over Star Wars. And at the same time, I'm like, there is a lot coming. So I, I want to say that maybe we're just maybe a year behind all the Marvel stuff. So like this year we had four different, uh, was it four different uh, shows from Marvel? Yes. Um, and then I, I kind of think we're going to see the same thing next year with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so well, I, I, I think Marvel too. So yeah, we well, are yes. kind of behind Marvel a little <laughs> bit. But. but not necessarily like they're prioritizing it. Like some people are, are claiming. Um, and so, so yeah, so we're going to, we're going to talk about all the, the, the upcoming shows and I'm going to mention, um, what I think is going to happen and I'm going to put this out there just because I want to see if I'm going to be right or completely <laughs> wrong. Making the prediction and, first, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, so I, in kind of looking what at they did with Marvel, I sort of expect we're going to get, um, a new, a new show probably every roughly three months or so. So I've kind of split up the year into to three months. And so I'm, uh, Book of Boba Fett, of course, is coming out. We know that one, December 29th, and then it's seven episodes and I'm, we're assuming it'll be released weekly. So I'm thinking, um, you know, the first quarter of 2022 i'm expecting uh bad batch season two Mm -hmm. and Mm. then i'm expecting midway through the year mandalorian season three i'm expecting andor to be kind of third quarter and then i would expect kenobi to have a december release so i'm i uh, still 2022 but i bet it's coming uh like the book of boba fett so Mm. Me I don't know if you guys me. have any rebuttals or other. <laughs> <laughs> right. It sounds about right to me. I mean, just looking yeah. at how the production schedules right. and, and right. announcements have come our way. Is Do you think the Bad Batch season two will be that early? I mean, it, that, feel, that feels early to me for them to animate that. Maybe, but they, they could have already started it like the moment they ended season one, at least with with production of it. Right. Um, since that's easier to do than, than pulling in live actors. Right. That's mm-hmm. true. I'm not sure because I, I, I don't think the Mandalorian season three would be at all earlier, but just because didn't they, they just started filming recently, I think on that one. They've, so, they started 
September, I think it was, or something like that, or even a little yeah. earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe those would get swapped, but um, I imagine it's easier to, and maybe I'm completely wrong. I, I don't think, know how. Well, how Andor they've been shooting for a while, haven't they? Like even when the pandemic started, they were making mm-hmm. adjustments to their production situation to continue um, shooting Andor. I believe that's the one I we think, got the sizzle yeah. reel for, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. and I, actually, and I think that yeah. I think that's part of what's going on with Star Wars. Like you talk about Star Wars being behind. There's two things that 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 make Star Wars set behind Marvel. First off, Marvel's already steamrolling everything, so they are actually ramping down on marvel stuff now and if people aren't realizing that then they need to kind of pay a little more attention because it's the stuff is actually like toning down a little bit because they've passed their big phase they need to wait until they get to the next phase otherwise they're going to like push everything too fast and so that's that's good but then where we are with star wars is we're still at that first at that first phase of where they were with the Marvel stuff. And they're figuring out now how to make kind of these phase movements for star Wars as well. And I love seeing them do this because it means that we're going to get a lot more star Wars and it's all going to tie in together Mm -hmm. the same way the, the MCU does, which is phenomenal. And it means that we get a return to like the expanding universe of star Wars where everything kind of touches each other, but then goes a little bit further out. Yeah, they have said that uh, there's there's the Mandoverse, which is includes <laughs> Book of Boba, Ahsoka, um, yep. and uh, what was it in the it Mandalorian? It was the Rangers series, I think. Right, which well, and, and Boba Fett which got canceled. Right, and Boba. Well, is I keep hearing different things about Rangers, whether it's actually canceled or they're going to kind of divide up what they were going to do in that into the other series instead, or. Or revitalize it or some other way. And I mean, it, it's just kind of, I think it's, they haven't really said definitively. But um, yeah, so I think you've got the Mandoverse, but then they keep exploring these other parts of the timeline. They got Andor and Kenobi and, uh, oh, Ahsoka was the other one uh, that is part of the Mandoverse. And um, mm-hmm. and then you've got, you know, whatever's going on after the, the sequel movies, you know, that, that, that whole area, that whole time. And that we've got the the movie. I think they're going to explore that with movies and explore that post uh, Return of the Jedi with series. Mm-hmm. And that seems to me how they're starting to pan out. I I would suspect that I they, I know that they're eventually going to go and tell stories post sequel trilogy. I think they're sort of nervous to jump into that realm too much yet. With with kind of the the divisiveness of the sequel trilogy, and they're yeah. I think since they're finding such a um, a good response to all the post Return of the Jedi stuff, that yeah, I think that's that's definitely that the series are gonna are gonna hit there really hard, um, and I think I think that's great. Um, we I mean we don't really even know we just we know that there's a few movies in production, but we don't even know anything beyond that really, mm-hmm. even like when they're gonna be set. You know, I'm hoping that we get one of them set in the Old Republic. Well, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think uh, I just have a feeling that with all the publishing that's coming out in that particular era, that they're kind of trying to test the waters and see what the fan reaction is to the ideas uh, around the High Republic. Because, you know, they had that big writer's kind of 
summit um, at Skywalker Ranch that we mentioned in a previous episode that uh, basically, you know, they were they got all their big guns and they were trying to, I think, uh, at least I got the the feeling that they were not only trying to get the publishing side of it right, but that they were probably going to be planting some seeds for a High Republic movie because that was uh, mentioned a couple of years ago that they were wanting to to set a movie in that era. So um, we've got a lot of different, you know, books coming out um, in that particular era. And I'm wondering if they're going to try a series before they do a film. Well, they've already announced The Acolyte which is right. set yep. in the High Republic era as a, as a series. Um, but mm-hmm. no word on when um, they just, at, at that big Disney day, you know, that they did in December of 2020, that was yep. on the screen. It's a mystery thriller. This, this is the way they, they <laughs> framed it. When, so. And the, the new game that's coming out is set in the High Republic yep. eclipse. And yep. I, I wouldn't discount that as a cinematic experience because it's from a game company called Quantic Dream who did uh, games like uh, Detroit Becoming Human and um, uh, Beyond Two Souls, which are are very cinematic games. They're not they're not RPGs in the traditional sense where, you know, you go and amass a bunch of gear and and fight. They're they're very focused on the storytelling uh, so much so that a lot of it was like mo-capped Willem Dafoe's face for for, uh, (laughs) one of them. And so it's, you know, they might be and i hope they are i really hope that they're starting to value that the community around star wars and the fact that you can produce a very high quality canon game that actually expands the story of the universe without having to be you know its own separate thing that doesn't really count Mm -hmm. yeah did you guys watch the the trailer for star wars eclipse yeah, several, several times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean that that's one of the really cool things about, um, especially video games in the uh, the more recent years and even the last decade is is that cinematic quality of them. Like, I mean, watching that trailer, it it was almost astounding that I'm sure it was all CGI, but it looks real, real. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it and and those kind of um, those kind of stories are. I mean, yeah, they they have such a a scope that they can go into that a movie can't or that even a TV series can't. And um, and that I mean, they they did that in the the expanded universe before Disney uh, purchased uh, Lucasfilm. So, I mean, uh, characters like Kyle Katarn had his own Mm -hmm. series of video games and Mm -hmm. then he was even brought into the novels and I mean, all of that kind of stuff. So even back then, they all connected and um. I do find it a little bit. Um, I, I I agree with you, Thomas. I, I really hope that this is a way for them to to expand the universe. Um, at the same time, though, I I also recognize that I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed, <laughs> and um, you know, in particular with with say the, the High Republic, um, the novels, um, and all of that, because there's novels, there's young adult books, there's um, kid kid friendly books, there's comics. You know, and there's all of these other uh, avenues of of reading about the High Republic, and I'm feeling like I need to read everything in order to understand <laughs> what's going on. Which I know I don't, but there's yeah. still a part of me that's like a completionist that I <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out, and so I'm kind of 
Um, actually, I haven't been been jumping into that as much as I as much as I thought I would because I'm sort of worried I'm going to be just kind of uh, overwhelmed by it all. Um, so I've read I've read the first novel and and um, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't connect with it like I thought I would. And then, yeah, again, like trying to figure out, okay, what do I do next? Do I go with the comic? Do I go with the the young adult ver- book? I think some of it's because it's a totally new space and that's, yeah. And that's as much as everybody complains. Oh, well, everybody in star Wars is always in the, the main Anakin Skywalker, uh, you know, <laughs> circle. There's a reason that that works, right? I've read the, the, uh, the adult novels that have been out so far of it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the two, and there's another one coming in January. Um, yep. I read one of the young adult novels and one of the middle grade novels just to kind of get a sense of them. and. There's a there's an interesting, compelling story. And and frankly, I love seeing the Jedi Order at its glory, at its best, uh, you know, it, we're, we're not in its decadence, like in the prequels, but mm-hmm. at, when it was at its best. And that's fun. I'm enjoying that. But I, I agree. There's so much content. Uh, but I'm starting to realize that I really don't need to read like they're writing them in such mm. a way that they reference the other novels, like the the, mm-hmm. the adult novel will reference something that happens in a in like a middle grade novel. But if I don't read the middle grade novel, I'm not I, I don't I, it's not like I can't follow the story. So that's fine by me. There's um there's a few elements in the adult novels that I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I want my 11 year old to read this, but. Uh, maybe if we talk about it where a Jedi violates his oath like Anakin mm-hmm. and Padme did, you know, that whole thing. And it's like, mm, you know, I, I kind of wish that sort of stuff didn't creep in. Um, but the yeah. young adult and middle grade novels didn't have that stuff. So that was better, frankly. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like I, I'm looking forward to the acolyte. I think it would it'd be very interesting mm-hmm. to see this era in live action. So that would be kind of cool. So that, that I hope they do explore more of the timeline. I mean, there's so much there, much more than the Marvel gives you in, in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. I think I have to like rein in my completionist kind of <laughs> attitude. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was much easier when all the Legends books were coming out because it was just you just picked up the next book and it was it was like it was part mm-hmm. of the universe and it just continued the story. And there wasn't this, there, there were comics too, but the comics, um, I mean, they were part of it, but I, I don't think they were as integral as, as they are trying it now. So I, I need to maybe jump back into that just a little bit. Um, the video game definitely would, would draw me in cause that looks absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh, the acolyte also, I, I hope we get a cameo from Darth Plagueis in that because like that would be right maybe during his maybe his timeline because it'd be the I, I think it's set like at the end of the high republic yeah era there's been some leaks about that particular well supposed leaks right because you never oh, know but yeah. about the first script being called paradox and then it has to do with the lead the protagonist um wondering kind of towing the line between dark side and light side and struggling with that which is not like we've never seen that before, but to see that in that particular era, again, when the, the Jedi are at their at their prime, that's going to be interesting if there is some truth to that. So mm. we shall see. Um, the other the other 
area that I would love for them to explore, and I mentioned this earlier, would be the Old Republic era, which I don't know if that's officially canon or not, uh, but kind of just maybe referenced here and there. But what I think potentially will will bring that into canon fully is we do have a remake coming of Knights of the Old Republic, the 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 awesome uh, you know Xbox video game that came out. I want to say it came out like twenty years ago. I mean, it's it's been a while. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So you know, but a remake implies that like they're they're putting it's not just a they're not just porting it over to a new system, but they're actually you know going to upgrade graphics. And I think I think they have a whole new even a uh, voice cast or even mocap uh, for it. So um, you know, so so I think maybe that would be the first kind of step into the old Republic era, um, as well as you know, what they're doing with, with everything else. And, um, I, I, I hope to see more of that. Almost 20 years. 2003 was its release. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, that's been such a big game and I mean, it's, it's holds up incredibly well with, oh, yeah, it's with still playable. everything else. It's still very yeah. much playable. If you can find a copy of it, I definitely recommend it. If you want to wait for the special, you know, remake, then wow. go for it. But <laughs> so I want to ask a quick question because you know the game thing. You had mentioned Kalkatarn, and so many people were hoping that Kalkatarn would show up in, like, you know, the Mandalorian, or there would be some connection to him. You know that I don't know any of the movies. I think when like Ray had all those Jedi talking to her that, you know, <laughs> uh, so he would show himself somehow there, there's been all kinds of, you know, uh, suggestion that, that he could show up in star Wars again, or that they would base a character on him. Do you think that is in the realm of possibility? Like what, what would be your percentage of, you know, whether that actually could happen or not. I think it's fairly low because like, unless, yeah. unless there's someone like a Favreau or a Filoni who's championing like a particular character yeah. from Legends, I don't think it happens. Right. The The way that they uh, brought in Thrawn, like to Star Wars Rebels, right. was seamless. I mean, it, it, it fit perfectly and it was the same character that we all knew from pre pre Disney. I think if you have, well, I don't, they, I don't think they're going to just port Kyle Katarn into the new Star Wars universe because it's, it's too, he's too, um, he's from a different universe, you know, like, and, and I think if they tried to modify him and, but keep his name, it would, I think that would upset a lot of people. And I don't think that's what, what Disney is wanting. They might try to base you know, kind of a, a character on his personality type. Um, you know, they, they've done things like, and I still don't know how I feel about this, but things like, um, Hera's Heron and, uh, uh, mm, J- Jason son. Yeah. Jason, you know, like taking my absolute favorite character from legends <laughs> and bringing his name into, um, into Canon in this way, like, I don't, I, I still don't know how I feel about it because it's not the same character very mm-hmm. clearly, mm-hmm. but they're also trying to honor a legends character with the name, but it's not going to be the character that I loved, you know? Right. But that character that you love, there's just like really no way at this point in the right. canon oh. that he could <laughs> <Then> it, <laughs> be yeah. part of the canon. Nope. 
I, I, I totally, I totally look at this as like the multiverse of Star Wars. And so mm. I just go and, and read, you know, the, the different universe for a while and then jump back into the, to the main, <laughs> the main continuity timeline. I mean, we're not going to have so. a scene where it's like, oh, by the way, Han, Leia, do you remember this kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Just just goes to show how good appearance they were, right? <laughs> so around, they're the so best. focused on Ben. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't see Kyle's character being relevant in the in Star Wars the way it is now. I think like the idea of his character was really cool because he kind of touched every single different faction um, all along the way, but he was really part of the rise of the new Jedi Order. And we're not getting that like that's not that that's something that they very clearly said with these last few movies that ship sailed where it's, you know, maybe Mm. maybe it's happening, but it's happening after even those movies, not Mm -hmm. after uh, Return of the Jedi. There's an interesting thought. I mean, I I never really considered it like Ray could be the one who is building that back up post Mm -hmm. post Rise of Skywalker, whereas I I would try to see that failed. Yeah, I would I would honestly I honestly think that's the that's a really great way for her character to carry on the story after that series and just like, okay, let's let's not like play too much with what happened in the series, but let's see what happens next and just focus on that. I I would I'd be in for that. Like what about mm -hmm. Broom Kid? Maybe Broomkid's right, name yeah. is Kyle. <laughs> there you go. I would love to see Ray start something of Force users doing good who aren't the Jedi. You know, mm. they don't follow mm. the old Jedi stupid rules and they do something <laughs> new because, you know, that was a bad idea, obviously, uh, at least at the end. But, you know, to, that they that it's something new that follows this balance that she has found or something. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and we don't know yet where, like, say, Ahsoka's story is going to go, because Ahsoka is one of those characters who, you know, <laughs> clearly she is no Jedi, but she's also <laughs> not a Sith either. You know, she, and she's she's trying to, to, to do good in the, in the galaxy and in um, in her own way. Um, I mean, she wasn't in the sequel trilogy, but there are there are plenty of reasons perhaps why she didn't show up in the movies so she could be potentially involved there too can we can we talk for a sec about the ahsoka series because yeah of Let's any of any of the series i'm excited about i mean i'm excited about all of them but i'm <laughs> really excited by this one from the rumors <laughs> because this is almost like star wars rebels part 2 because mm, not only yeah. do we have a thrawn and a sabine but are we going to have an Ezra? I mean, if you got Thrawn, you're going to have the Ezra because Thrawn yep. and Ezra, yeah. they're at the hip, you know, at the end of Rebels. And, you know, maybe a Rex because I, I know an actor who could play Rex. <laughs> <laughs> He's already under contract is, with Disney. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. He is active in Star Wars. Even. <laughs> I mean, who else? I mean, can we can we you know get other actors from Rebels? You know, it, it's almost like it's Rebels, too, you know, that in, the, in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, Kind of funny I think, that way. I, I think that's, I mean, I, I'm sure that's exactly how Dave Filoni is looking at it. Um, you know, as the continuation of the story that he <laughs> purposely left as a cliffhanger at the end of Rebels. <laughs> right. <laughs> what I'm really curious about with that series is the tone of it. Because mm-hmm. 
with um with rebels you know it got to some dark periods but not in the sense of darkness that like the mandalorian was um just in the the feeling of the grit you know i mean some of that has to do with being real you know live action and in animated but you know everything has a tone and ahsoka is so dear to dave filoni um almost like a daughter to him that I just wonder how much of it is going to be that kind of mysterious Ahsoka that we got um, in Mandalorian, where she's like this, uh, you know, she's hiding behind the trees and she's on the roof and she's it's very, very like Kung Fu, you know, movie type of. And um, at the same time, we saw Ahsoka be so playful with Anakin in rebels and in clone in clone wars in particular um so i i really am curious what they're going to do with that series in that particular you know especially again because you're saying um thrawn's going to be in it and you know i just feel like are they going to go with another series that has that kind of heavy feeling of mystery i mean you know you've got that you've got book of boba fett which is so I'm almost certainly going to have that, you know, mobster kind yeah. of feel. And then Andor, which is a spy type of show. Um, hopefully we'll have some humor in there. So I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? What are your guesses? I, I wonder if we're going to have a, a shift in tone because uh, the Mandalorian is, is all kind of from Din Djarin's perspective. So he would have looked at Ahsoka as this mysterious figure and an unknown, you know, entity. And um, and that's exactly how he he runs into her on on that planet. But I almost think that they have to shift the tone a little bit because sh- surely Dave Filoni is going to honor Rebels, Clone Wars and the history that we all know in, in who Ahsoka is and her her personality, uh, but also just the characters, Ezra, Thrawn, um, Sabine. I, I think it almost has to shift to maybe Ahsoka's perspective a little bit, which um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I'm hoping is a little bit lighter. And I mean, it's, it is dealing with some heavy stuff and, you know, Thrawn and Ezra are lost and she's trying to find them. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, Ahsoka's a, I mean, even in rebels, she was, she was, you know, pretty upbeat and optimistic and, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I don't think that they would want to keep two shows that have too similar of a tone. I think, especially if you get, you know, uh, Sabine and Ezra and you get, you get more of that rebels feel back in it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you could do, I mean, rebels, a lot of the fun was in chopper and in, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. What was the, uh, the Lasari, the Zeb? Lasat, Zeb. Zeb. Um, oh, Zeb, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the humor was in, a lot of times, in Zeb and Chopper and Ezra's interaction. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to get Zeb back into it. That would be interesting if, to figure out how to get a Lasat, uh in live <laughs> action. But, you, you know, you could bring, the, I mean, if, I think having more Rebels people in it lends itself more toward having more of the Rebels tone, the lighter mm-hmm, Rebels tone. Mm-hmm. So I would, I'd like to see that. Well, and especially if you end up throwing Ezra and Sabine together because yeah. they have such a playful sibling kind of relationship that was right. very lighthearted and fun and, and jovial. 
But now they're older. I mean, Sabine probably went to war with her people. And Ezra, Lord knows what he's been through with Thrawn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I'm just just from an actor's perspective, too. uh, Rosario Dawson is a complete wild card because Mm -hmm. she can do either. Um, But it's very rare to see her in like a really upbeat role. Even in comedies, she tends to be kind of the... The serious one. Yeah, the serious one and and gets played off of that way. So I I don't know. She can do it. I've seen her. I've seen her do it before, but she's knowing her be in this role and seeing what she's done with it so far, which, you know, like you were saying, Father, that could just be because of the show that it was on. Mm -hmm. um, I I would I would be tentative to say that we're going to get a particularly positive Ahsoka out of this one. You mentioned Andor, and I I feel like that will have, I mean, it's still going to be a a spy, you know, theme. I feel like that's going to have a lighter tone a little bit more. Uh, Although we know K2SO doesn't show up in the first season. Dallin Tudyk has has told us clearly. But he said it's not going to be in the first season, which leads leads me to believe that there are going to be multiple seasons (laughs) of Andor, which is kind of interesting. And it, it would be funny it would be kind of strange because Andor, we know how he ends up, you know, it's one of those things where the, the, his, his ending is known and it's a tragic ending. So you've got to, you've got to balance that tone with something, you know, it, you know, you can't start the series on a down note and, and be all down the whole way through that. It's, that's not Star Wars. You know, that would be, that wouldn't be good. Right. Right. I mean, as we've always kind of talked about, hope is, you know, kind of like the underlying theme of everything. So even even in an and the Andor series, you know, I mean, he doesn't know what his end is. So, I mean, so he's he's going to be, you know, well, <laughs> fighting the good fight as he knows how and what he and, and his own, you know, personal uh, personal desires there. But right. I want a buddy uh, cop show with Andor <laughs> and a Bothan spy. That's 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 what needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking buddy cop um i'm trying to remember i don't know why i can't think of that really um just a classic police tv show starsky and hutch no that's that's very old it's one one guy's (laughs) name one guy's name i can't why can't i think of this huh Columbo? columbo yes columbo there you go andor as columbo that would be good so I'm thinking about, you know, a imperial oh, I mean, because he's got the personality, right? <laughs> he does. He's got the oh. accent. He could be a Perot. <laughs> Hercule Perot, sort of thing. Well, and, and so so that that also, I mean, not to do too many comparisons to Marvel, but I mean, that's that's kind of what they've done, too, is they've had these completely out of the blue genres for, for the different TV shows. Oh, and, yeah. And they've really worked. And so I, I'm excited to see some of these different feels and tones in, in some of these, these new shows. Um, I mean, a spy thriller definitely, you know, kind of got, gets me excited, you know, cause, uh, you know, I grew up on, on bond and, you mm-hmm. know, just some of those kind of shows and or those movies. And, um, and I did like, I liked the, the character of Cassian. So I'm, I'm. I, I am sad that K2SO is not in there because he was very, very clearly yeah. the oh, yeah. the comedic uh, side <laughs> of things. But if he's in season two, I'm I'm happy to happy to wait for that. Yeah, maybe like an old school Mission Impossible. Oh, that would be 
That'd be cool. That would be good. It reminds me there's a um a Timothy Zahn novel. And of course I am blanking on the name, but it was it was written before Disney uh it was so it's a legends book, but it's a he wrote a heist story with Han Solo. Mm. And and it was just it was it was really fun to read because it was just like totally it was totally Star Wars, but totally something completely different than what you're what you're normally reading. And it was just it was a lot of fun. So to to see something like that um, in Andor would be would be really fun. Mm. Oh, no, 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 wait. We got to go with spy show. Get smart. <laughs> Star Wars, get smart. He's just, he there has to go. have a communicator in his, in his boot. In his, in his boot. There you go. Stormtrooper shoots and it misses, and he goes, missed by that much. <laughs> uh, that's totally uh. feasible, yeah. <laughs> well, if you want a heist movie-type series, what about the Lando series that they announced mm, that we have? That's true. I mean, that yes. would be... I, now talk about tone that would be an awesome fun romp i think it should be is glover doing that one do we know so he hasn't been announced i don't think but neither is billy d williams so i think it could be a combination of the two or i bet donald glover is way more the likely yeah, yeah. which i, mean, I, I think I, is, I would hope so but i don't think that they've officially announced really anything beyond that it's coming Okay. But that would that would be perfect for for his show, and I and and you can you can imagine the Lando series is gonna be oh lighthearted, and I mean the Lando swagger, and I yes. mean all of that is <laughs> is has got to got to be a part of that. Oh yeah, and the no. the relationship with the droid that's gonna right. <laughs> right. I'm hoping that makes it in there, and of course the Falcon would be in it. I mean, yeah. We'd have to have the Falcon. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. That would be good. Yeah, but again, that one is even further out. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I I mean, it was announced last year, but right. I, I don't think it's... It's going to be 2023. Yeah, yeah. Or, or later. Or I mean, later. the um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, the Acolyte, Lando, um, all of those are 2023 or later. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if there is, and I assume there would be a Mandalorian season four, would be would be that late too. Yeah. Um there is another animated uh show coming called A Droid Story. And that one that one does look really fun. It's it's um R2D2 and C3PO I think are interacting with a a new character on on adventure. So that one that right. one looks very I think very kid friendly, but that one also has no no estimated uh release date as well. Well, let's talk about if we can Kenobi, because that yes. one, I mean, I talk, I talk about tone. I mean, that is going to be the, the uh, return to the big high adventure story of like the, of the, the movies, you know, the, you're going to have, you know, Hayden Christensen in it. You're going to have Darth mm-hmm. Vader. And I'm just mm-hmm. trying to trying to figure out like how, how like what's he going to do? Are they mm. going to interact? Are they going to see each other again? I mean, it's I'm the mind they, boggles. They've, they've teased a fight between Darth Vader and Kenobi. Yeah. I so here's here's what I'm thinking they're they're gonna do here. I think that they're going to have a parallel tale between the two of them. And you know, Kenobi is coming into his own through the meditation, through the solitude, whereas Vader is ramping up this empire. 
and you you know he's having PTSD. So there's all sorts yeah. of stress dreams going on, and that's what I think you're going to be mm. getting there because they've they've done a couple of runs of comics where it's been like very much inside of Vader's head, and they were so good because they get really epically dark and strange and really kind of show this person who's completely fallen uh to who they are and even build the original series up because you see this guy that's just stuck not only inside of a machine but inside of his own head yeah that yeah. would be a really interesting way to do it yeah. i've been uh reading the uh, kenobi book by john jackson miller that uh our own father fett gifted mm -hmm. to me and um, I'm about halfway through, but it, it actually does take place right after uh, Kenobi drops Luke off um, on Tatooine and gets his start on the planet. Um, it's kind of like reading a Western. Um, <laughs> and so that makes it fun. Um, I don't know if they are going to go that route. Uh, basically, in the book, Kenobi is failing to learn how to be incognito and um and be you know completely uninvolved in everyone's lives surrounding you know when he goes in for um for feed for his animal and you know supplies basically into town and these little towns and then he ends up getting snatched into their goings on so that's all very interesting and i wonder if, if that's going to be part of it because i think a lot of people have been imagining that this series will be kind of like, you know, Christ in the desert or something, just a whole <laughs> lot of meditation and sand and not much else. So yeah, it, it's really, um, it can go in so many different ways because of course we've had decades to imagine what this period of time was like, uh, that there's been so many theories that have been uh, cooked up. So um, I, I'm kind of hoping that they will take some uh inspiration from this particular book uh just because the what i love about it is the shift in obi-wan's character that he really has to make um if you really think about all that he's been through he's seen the downfall of the jedi and you know it, everything has happened at once for him you know a whole lot of tragedy has happened at once for him and all of a sudden, he has to learn to be alone in a way that he's never quite been before um, mm. in a metaphysical sense, you know. So uh, all of that combined with his knack for um, kind of mischief in a way <laughs> and, you know, in sliding into those bars <laughs> and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. There's, there, there needs to be backstory with the Moss Eisley Cantina. It's yes. just yes. gotta, it's gotta yes. happen. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. And if if that one has a Western feel, then there, there we go with another, another different kind of tone and feel for mm -hmm. for these shows, which would be a, a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I think. I mean, The Mandalorian has pulled from some of that, but mm -hmm. I think more so from like the the gunslinging type of you know, aspect of those Westerns, whereas this one is more slice of life type of thing. So, um, that's, I'm talking about the book. So, yeah. It wouldn't surprise would me if they pull inspiration from it. I mean, cause that's what they've, they've been trying to do with a lot of legend stuff is to, to, to pull some of that into 
to to honor it. Um, yeah. the, um, I the think, Mando oh. series is more. I'm sorry, the Mando yeah. series is more like a spaghetti western, yeah. and this mm-hmm. sounds more like a John Wayne western. Exactly, a yeah. very yeah. different feel of a western. That would be kind of cool. Well, and and speaking of the Mandalorian, it would we, we got to talk about you know Bo Katan and 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 Din on their their uh, fight to to <laughs> who's man you know who's Mandalore. I mean, right. and and even that, it's yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> a space spaghetti western, you know. Um, right. Uh, any predictions on on where they're gonna go, <laughs> or if Grogu's gonna make an appearance again? Okay, that's I'm sorry, that's the most important question <laughs> of this entire podcast. Will we see Grogu in season three? Because I tell you, there's a lot of concern in this house where I where I live, and and potentially, are we gonna see Luke again? Right. If there's Grogu, will is there Luke? That's that's a big question. I, I don't think to we're going to get no. a cameo. <laughs> yeah. But I don't I I think he's I think that his him as the focal point of the story is is gone. I think the focal point of the story is now Mandalore. Yeah. Now here's my prediction. We're going to see Luke again. Luke's going to be grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and toss him at, at the man, at Mando and say, "I can't train him. You, you, you keep him." <laughs> oh. I think I think you're right that that the focus has shifted, and I think that's what the big focus of this Mandoverse is going to be about is Mandalore, uh, the mm-hmm. the recovery of Mandalore, the 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 rise from the ashes uh, of Mandalore, uh, and I think Boba Fett will be a part of that. I think Ahsoka yep. is going to be a part of that, and so that's going to be an interesting. Sabine could be part of that also. Yes. Yep. Definitely. House Ren. I am I am willing to bet that Grogu was not as large a figure in the second season initially imagined. And because of the reception of him in the mm-hmm. first season, he got a much larger part in the second season. Yeah. But that Filoni wants to go back to kind of his original like, hey, wait, this is this is a story about the Mandalorian, not the <laughs> not not the baby Yoda, right? <laughs> right. Mm. Right. But I think like they 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 did it in such a way that I mean Grogu captivated everyone, and so you were immediately mm-hmm. invested. You know the 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 um uh, oh Thomas, you're gonna know the cub and coming wolf and cub. Is that the the lone wolf and cub? Yeah, lone wolf and cub. You know, so that that whole image and and relationship draws everyone in. I mean, even mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> the 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 moms and the dads and the kids. Everybody loves Grogu. You know and. But but it's time now to let Mandel or to let Din, um, you know, leave the nest and go off on his own. <laughs> but I think if they'd started with like say season three as season one, the the diehards of Star Wars would have loved it. But you wouldn't have gotten the mm-hmm. investment of all mm-hmm. the other fans for right. the last two years. So I really love that they've they've just taken their time with this. And yeah. I know there's there's a part of me that's impatient that wants it all, but um there's there's now two years of investment you were that just we complaining about that a minute ago that there was too much coming out all at once <laughs> and <could> pace ourselves. <laughs> yeah. well yep. that's the that's the 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 the, the uh, paradox of the fandom slow down mm. i can't absorb it all but send more yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. um any quick uh predictions on the bad batch season two because that's also coming up uh fairly quick too they surprised me so much with the first season. I, I don't even I don't even want to make predictions because I'm I, I'm ready to be along for the ride. Yeah, 
this, I, I, the only thing I can say is they have to develop the clone thing, the mm-hmm, the uh, mm-hmm. the cloning facility. And I, I kind of I've been saying this the entire time of the season one, and I'll say I'll say it now. I feel like they're going to make some connection to Grogu in that one. Like speaking of Grogu, yeah. because he's got to come up somewhere. Like this, 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 uh, doctor, what's his name? Um, Pershing. Pershing. Yep. Yes. I want to say yeah. Pushkin. Pershing. Uh, he, uh, he came, comes from the same place. He's got the thing on his uniform. They're making these connections on screen. They've got to tell, they, they got to pay that off at some point. Right. And my, my thought on all of that is that, that this is an underlying, uh, current of explanation of, uh, leading to Snoke's backstory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, um, which I'm okay with. I, I think this is a, a good way to kind of explore that. And, and I think, yeah, you're, we're going to see some of that and, you know, with Omega as well. And yeah. And I was going to say one of my predictions was that Omega might show up on the Ahsoka series somehow, mm. um, or some of the other series, one of the other series in live action. Um, because I think everybody loved her. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I don't know. I just, she gives me those vibes of, you know, bring her to, especially because she was revealed to be Boba's sister and we we're getting book of Boba Fett. Uh, so maybe that, yeah, maybe that series would be a better fit. Who knows? That would also be a fun one because they could, they could cast her and we would never really know. Like they mm-hmm. could right. totally keep us in the dark on that one for a live action version. Uh, which would be which would be really cool to see. I also wonder if we'll get Boba Fett to interact with Omega in the Bad Batch season two in the in an animated form because mm-hmm. hmm. they could they could potentially pull Daniel Logan back in to do mm-hmm. Boba Boba Fett and yeah and uh, and have an interaction there. Um, yeah, so all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we'll kind of at least hit the movies. We, we, we got to talk about quick, the best one. We got to what? talk about the best one coming out in in January. There's a golden book being released called The Faithful Wookiee. Oh, <laughs> it is based on the story from the 1978, um, you know, Christmas special. So, oh no, I, I, <laughs> oh no, that that's the best. That's, that's what we're. <laughs> I don't know. The cover looks like it's the exact same art. Oh so, no. Uh, <laughs> so is it going to be like just? growls and they're cooking <laughs> life day I, dinner i don't know i i was we, you know we when we started talking about oh well, what what are we looking forward to i was like what is coming out and then i was the first thing that pops up in 2022 <laughs> is the faithful wookie and i'm like what but does b <laughs> arthur show up in it <laughs> <laughs> oh and art kearney oh my god <laughs> Um, so just just to hit the movies upcoming that are that are coming, um, we actually don't know a whole lot. We do know that there is a, a Rogue Squadron movie. Yes, yes. that <laughs> was like potentially in jeopardy. And then um, uh, the most recent news that I saw was that Patty Jenkins like stopped or stepped away from one of her other projects so she could devote time to Wonder mm-hmm. Woman and Star Wars. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that's they, they have a date coming. That- they have a release well, date, December twenty second, twenty twenty three. Right. Oh, so okay, I, cool. I hopefully that sticks. I wasn't sure with all the the potential turmoil if that was going to push it back, but that one's still going as far as as far as we know. Um, you know, so that one. I mean, they could pull inspiration either from. Uh, I mean, there's the video games, of course, but also there's the the Rogue Squadron uh, novels in the Legends universe that they could they could pull inspiration from. Apparently, that's it's set post the sequels 
is what I, the last Post I've seen. sequels. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, that I, changes my whole mentality completely because the Legends books were were. Pr- I think they. I think they. They took place. I mean, post Return of the Jedi, but fairly close right. to Return of the Jedi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then but I, that's what I, I have saw. no idea where they would go. Yeah, or it could be. Yeah, I mean that that could have been like the initial, but it could be that they that that would be weird because of the Repub- the new Republic getting yeah. Wiped I was just going to say, but they, if they're a rogue squadron, then they don't really need an organization to be associated with, right? Right. They can kind of any senses of the word, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Not, right. That's not just our title. That's what we are. <laughs> I mean, it would be awesome if this were Wedge and Rogue Squadron. I would love that. Wedge and well, Tilly's fantastic. That would be. I would <laughs> well, love that. The actor, I mean, the actor's still around. He was in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, he led he led part of the battle in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it one was, would be fun. Yeah. Um. We also know that there's a Taika Waititi movie, which uh-huh. I can only imagine is going to be bonkers, bonkers. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> we all hope and so yeah. good. Come yeah, on. yeah. It's yes. so good. Yeah. yeah I have. I, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok was was really really fun to watch, and I mean everything that I've seen him in, I'm just like, <laughs> you are kind of weird, but I love you. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. Like, um, what's the most colorful Star Wars possibility? <laughs> you know, just I can't even imagine what well, it would I don't be know, about because he he went he went all in in Mandalorian and that was, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the arc that he put into it with the droid and the yeah. way to talk about the droids. And that's something that's been coming. That's something that, that has yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of people keep asking the question, like autonomy for the droids. What does that mean? So maybe that's what it is, is it's finally the, um, you know, the, the droid uprising and that's, <laughs> that's where he's going to go with it. And that would be really interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, listeners, if you have any <laughs> any <laughs> thoughts, send them our way because uh, obviously we have not a clue where he's going to go with this. Um, the other couple movies that are coming out, we know that there's a Kevin Feige movie coming out, and again, no nothing beyond that. But yeah. that should Kevin be Feige really being the guy yep. who's in charge of Marvel. He's the Kathleen Kennedy of Marvel's movies. Yep, that's yep. kind of so wild. That one, which that is sort of mind great. blowing because it's like, where does he find time to come up with the Star Wars <laughs> script and it treatment? Was, it was interesting. I, I was reading like a, a an article about it, and it was he did make the point that it was a one movie thing, not a series, right? So at least it's you know, <laughs> I think he recognizes that he can't he he doesn't have the time to do a whole series, but he could do a movie. So. Um, the other interesting one to bring up, but we have not heard anything about in few years, is the the potential Ryan Johnson trilogy. And do you guys Crickets. have any predictions on if those are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that even going to happen? It, speaking <sighs> of speaking of westerns, that that one has ridden off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, after, after well, the last Jedi stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. After the reception of mm. yeah, yeah. I I just. If Andrew like were here, it. it would get a little ugly on this podcast. I, think, but <laughs> I, I really enjoyed The Last Jedi myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he brings a really interesting directorial point of view um, that if it wasn't caught up in a storyline that people had their hearts set on <laughs> certain yeah. things happening or happening a certain way 
that he may have the creative freedom to really wow us um, Mm -hmm. as a total fandom. But um, I just don't know if that's really going to happen or not. Maybe they'll allow him to or have him direct one of these series, um, you know, episodes to see how people respond to that possibly. Mm. Uh, because they've certainly, you know, they've, they've had a lot of different actors come in on these series, especially Mandalorian and, and really, you know, just try something out, you know, try out their, their point of view and see how people respond to it, how it works with the story and the, the series. And we've gotten some good results from that. I mean, Robert Rodriguez, I don't know how far in advance they were wanting him to do the book of Boba Fett series, but people just loved him um, directing in the Mandalorian. So I don't know. I don't know if they would do that for Ryan Johnson, but I don't know if Ryan Johnson wants to, that's, that's kind of sure. It's a fair question. (laughs) Because have have you guys seen uh, knives out? Yes. I love Knives Out. Awesome. Yeah. Like well, I, and I, was, I was I was super excited to see Ryan Johnson's take on uh on Star Wars even before uh mm-hmm. before it came out. It, it's just the what he was handed was so problematic. Mm-hmm. And then what he decided to do with it was make it more problematic and it's <laughs> yeah. just kind of like you know <laughs> it it was I was I was very stunned walking out of that movie that that was something that he had made and I you could tell that his hands were tied to certain things and and he wasn't allowed all of the freedom that he wanted and so yeah I just mm-mm. um I I would love to see what he comes up with independent of anything else like okay, okay. here's your trilogy you make it whatever I would yeah. I think that would be fantastic if does the fandom want him probably not does he yeah. want to do it probably not so I think it's not going to happen. Yeah, I tend to agree. If he had his own sandbox to play in, it would it would mm-hmm. be subversive and really really cool. But yeah, I think I think we're we're not going to get it either. So, um, that's pretty much I guess it. Um, was there any other I guess kind of concluding thoughts that that any of you had about what's what's coming up in in the Star Wars world universe galaxy? i think it's interesting they they clearly said after rise of skywalker and the solo movie that they're stepping away from movies for a while they're taking a pause on the movies that they they went too far too far too fast Mm -hmm. uh and that and it bit them and they clearly did is i mean i love solo it was a fun film i'm glad i like what what resulted but i can imagine on their end it was terrible (laughs) from there like in in the sense of making the movie was a bad experience for them so uh, you know, and, and you know, but Rogue One was awesome. You know, those sorts of things, and so they stepped away from the movies, and they're going to come back because Star Wars, while we've seen, is can be great on the small screen. It is a big screen franchise, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, we it always needs to have that part of it there. So uh, I'm glad to see that they at least plan to bring it back on the big screen in a couple of years. I like the idea that they are interested in this new kind of unplumbed space of the High Republic. And I I really hope that they find their grounding in it because it is, it's, this is, you know, we've had old Republic stuff. We've had post Jedi stuff, but what we really have been missing is that thousand years between the old Republic and the, and the movies that 
there's just so much there. I mean, it's it's a huge wealth of amazing stuff. You've got the entire life story of Yoda. You've got the Jedi at their height. Uh, you've got a civilization that's operating at full capacity, full potential. Uh, and and still somebody wants to subvert that for some reason and do something sinister mm-hmm. with it why where did that come from the sith have been there all along there's always been the two so what did that look you know there's just so many questions to answer in that space that could be done really well and i think that it deserves a real fleshing out and to separate it from the skywalker story uh, to do that you know the skywalker story is the grounding for it. we know what's coming and that's a, that's i think the thing that makes that's one of the things that make rogue rogue one so interesting like the moment when um when they start calling out uh, blue squadron call signs and my son's like blue squadron. And I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid we know what happens to them. <laughs> we know what happens to the blue squadron now, right? We figured this one out. So uh, yeah, but that's, I think that's that kind of stuff is where they really need to be uh, taking the fandom into these spaces where, okay, yes, you know, all of these things, but did you know that this happened also? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just echo that and say that I I think what they're doing right now is they're scratching an itch for the fandom um, where they're drawing connections, right? Like we're seeing more and more connections between the different media, the different series, the different storylines and characters that we love and we've come to know. And they're really playing around with them and they're putting them in in the different sandboxes, right? Like to see what happens and to see those animated characters come to live action and vice versa. So to me, that's what I'm looking forward to immediately um, in these series that are coming up like for next year for that um, sort of communication between what we know and what is to come um, and just the connections that, that are to be made. So um, immediately that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously there's so many possibilities, but I feel like Marvel fans have gotten a lot of those connections, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're about to get a lot more of those. I feel in the star Wars galaxy. I could echo all of you guys, but I'm not. So I'm going to say that <laughs> I am the most excited about, and it hasn't been officially announced yet, but I want to see Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn in a second. Yes. Yes. So fingers Huge. crossed that he is truly the one who's going to be cast as that. But uh, that's <laughs> that's what I am the most excited about this next year. Before we wrap things up, we do have a few points of listener feedback that we want to get to. And the first uh, feedback comes from Carlos, and he sent this for our 100th episode. And he was just a little bit late in sending it, so I wanted to share it on the podcast for this episode. So here's Carlos's audio feedback about um, the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. There was always something, something that I was always looking for, more information and into my life came the Secrets of the Star Wars fan podcast. Wow. Everything that has to do with Star Wars, anything that has to do related to the movies, TV shows, streaming series, books, and comic books, this was the best fan podcast place to come and join and to be able to listen and be part of them because they're like a family. What it is to to be talking and listening to Father Andrew, known as Father Fett, Mike, Andrew, Thomas, and Angela. What a great, amazing fan podcast that he's made. 
the secrets of Star Wars have have been like something out of this world when it comes to understanding better the world of anything related to Star Wars. So I what I really loved about um what what Carlos had to say was uh he feels that we 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 act and and speak as if we're a family. And yeah. one of the cool things that that when I when I talk about the podcast with people one of the things that they're most surprised about is that we're all over the country and we're not mm-hmm. like actually just like you know <laughs> yeah, hanging out together you know in, yeah. in, a, in a room doing the podcast so it's it's definitely a lot of fun and i think we we very much feel that as well yeah i just want to thank it's carlos for thing. that <laughs> yeah right it made me cry when i first listened to it so <laughs> yeah that's awesome thanks thanks so much carlos for those for those words for us uh the second bit of feedback comes from abraham uh he's written us before and he is a loyal listener of the podcast and he says hi this is abraham first of all i really enjoyed your coverage of visions uh my favorite was the ninth jedi and was very glad to have thomas's additional insight on all the episodes kudos to you thomas yeah <laughs> i feel i felt like i appreciated them all much more after listening to your podcast Specifically about your episode on Akakiri, my particular take on the Force healing ability is that it is really only a dark side ability. In Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine mentions to Anakin that in using the dark side, he will be able to keep his loved ones safe, even keeping them from dying. The reason Rey would be able to Force heal was because of her ties to the dark side through her lineage. Obviously, she could use or she could at least use other dark side powers and Ben could do it because of his own dark side connection. Tsubaki then really would need to tap into the dark side to heal Misa. Love your podcast and hope to hear more from you. I am excited for your coverage on the Book of Boba Fett. Also, I like the nicknames. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Abe. <laughs> awesome. So um, my my thought there just quickly is that um, I'm still of the opinion that um, Palpatine was just uh, manipulating Anakin. And um, I mean, because I always at least internally associate healing with the light side and a a good thing and not inherently connected to the dark side. And I and I tend to think that Masago was also just lying and manipulating uh, Tsubaki. But that's up for debate. So Hmm. I I actually had a theory about this. So I was was thinking about it when 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 we were talking about it last time and then a little bit more afterwards. What if the healing thing is about a a lack of detachment. So we're, we're moving into the realm of like talking about Jedi's as stoics, right? And they have to be detached from things. They have to be willing to allow things to happen the way they are. They can step in in defense, but they can't alter the course by healing someone back from an injury or healing someone back from, from death essentially, which is what we see in the, in the most extreme cases. Right. And so that's why it's a, quote unquote dark side ability now ray is not beholden to all of the jedi like don't get attached to things uh mantras right so she doesn't she has no compunctions about doing it because it's not part of her being a jedi it's just she's a force user and she is just open to whatever the forces uh allows her to do so Mm. there you go that's my two cents on that one i like it (laughs) Love Perfect. It. <laughs> <laughs> it pans out. 
So I think that is going to wrap up our conversation. Listeners, of course, we want to hear what you are excited about in all of the the upcoming Star Wars content in the next few years. Um, you know, what what are you excited about? What are you skeptical about? What are you uh, what are your thoughts about all of the stuff that's coming? Please let us know because we would love to hear your take. You can let us know uh, various ways. You can email us any feedback at Star Wars at SQPN dot com. You can also comment on our Facebook page, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia, and you can tweet at us, and we are on Twitter at SQPN. We would like to take a moment to thank our patrons, of course, who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Zurin L., Daphne B., Sylvia L., Samuel A., and Fernando F., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, your favorite podcast player. And definitely, if you want to follow us on the YouTube channel, you can find us at um, the SQPN YouTube channel. Just search for SQPN and make sure to hit that bell to receive notifications for all new episodes. And you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And so we will be back in two weeks as we begin our look into the highly anticipated series, The Book of Boba Fett. So we'll start with episode one and we'll get back into a weekly uh, podcast as we take a look at all those episodes as they stream. So definitely uh, you don't want to miss that. So until next time, Thomas Sanjuro, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It's been great. And Angela Silana, thanks for joining us this evening as well. Appreciated having the boss with us tonight. Yeah, Tom, it was great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I will talk about Star Wars anytime, anywhere with anyone. I'm glad to do it with you guys tonight. <laughs> Perfect. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.